You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the CRM Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management archaeology and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode number 150. That's a huge lie. So <laughs> you're, you're watching this, um, but I'm also kind of trying to do a little cross-promotion here yeah. so people at the CRM Archaeology Podcast can know that this live show exists when Richie and I can manage to get together because oh. it's been pretty bad this fall. <laughs> yeah, it's also a chance for us to catch up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because yeah. we haven't even talked in, in like weeks, I feel like. So uh, mm. Tabitha Wood says hi, by the way. Hi, oh, Tabitha. Um, you know, maybe this evening recording time is better. What you think? Recording like in the morning on a Friday when everybody's working, it's probably not the best thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, and it's a week where uh, a lot of um, archaeologists probably have the entire week off oh. because, yeah. Yeah. So, if, if they're not off for the entire season, they yeah. probably have the week off. Oh, that's so, me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to do something. You know, we haven't actually gone live on this side yet. Oh, we haven't? Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's go double check. Make sure you're, everything's running smoothly. Hey, everybody, before we do the show, I just wanted to say this is going to be an unedited edition of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Usually, I'm pretty crazy about editing, but we do this live on www.facebook.com forward slash arcpodnet. The show is You Call This Archaeology, and we're just recording this for the CRM Arc Podcast. So sit back and enjoy. Um, There is a huge delay with this whole system, so I want to make sure that... uh, Yeah, we've already got four viewers. We've been on live for eight minutes, eight minutes 23 seconds okay well i'm still getting the standby thing on my side you are yeah wow it's gonna be like that is it it might be because you know i've i've been editing our old episodes and it's like every episode this is ha- this happens <laughs> <laughs> so there'll be like 10 minutes of like you know are we live are we not live yeah yeah so those <laughs> for my for my audience at the uh there we go i, I just saw it for a second there um Anyway, I'm going to assume that we're live. For and my, 0% frame drop. Okay. Yeah. For my audience at the CRM Archaeology Podcast, what you're actually listening to here, if you weren't aware, the APN has a Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash arcpodnet. And that page, I am really confused by the fact that this is just showing me the standby page, by the way. I don't understand why. But when I go out here, it's live. Okay, I'm just going to keep it. (laughs) Also, I'm going to shut this light off. See if that does anything. It's just this wall of light behind us. Anyway, so so people (laughs) on the podcast, what you're listening to is a show that Richie Cruz and I call, you call this archaeology. Yeah. And and, and that's a line from Indiana Jones. And The Last Crusade. And The Last Crusade, yes. So... We we come on live and and the the whole intent is for you to come in when we go live. We had it on a schedule for a while, but this fall, like I said, it's just been a nightmare. But perhaps for the next yeah. couple of months, we might be able to keep it on a schedule unless Richie gets another job. Hopefully, oh, Richie we'll stays see. unemployed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hopefully, <laughs> this won't. show is few and far between because we want Richie to be employed. Oh, by the way, hello, Tabitha. Yes. Um. So anyway, uh. This show is is we're recording this live right now. You can always go to uh, facebook.com forward slash arcpodnet and then the videos tab to see all the past videos that we've done. And generally, you know, obviously I'm a CRM archaeologist. People know this on the CRM Arc podcast. Richie is a CRM archaeology pod is a CRM archaeologist, and I think you've even been on an episode or two of the CRM Arc podcast. Yeah, and and we just talk about stuff. You know, it's called you call this archaeology because sometimes. Sometimes we just talk about other stuff that doesn't seem like archaeology, but uh, and Richie's going to make some adjustments here. Um, that doesn't seem like archaeology, but you know it is because our our field is so immersive in our lives ah. that pretty much everything we do is tied to our job somehow. Whereas other people, oh my god, you're telling they, me they do their job, they go home and they watch yeah. football, right? <laughs> I mean, or they do yard work or something like that, oh, and they don't true. and they don't think about work. Maybe they're thinking about work, but they're not asked to work. So. <laughs> You know, we get home and it's like, where does that line blur? You know, you're reading, you're reading books, you're doing other stuff. You know, we're different, doing different things that are involved in archaeology. Oh my God, I was talking to a friend about this, like at the beginning of the field season, and there's like a reason that she and I and other people consciously try to avoid people, you know, 
in our off time, mm-hmm. <laughs> in our off time, who aren't archaeologists. That way, you know, we don't have to have conversations about those conversations. And I think everyone yeah. knows what conversations we're talking about, the ones that devolve into work and griping about work and griping know. about the field. Whereas if you're like hanging out with someone who doesn't know anything about what you do, you know, they can't ask you anything except the silly questions like, yeah. how was your last dig? And I'm like, I walked around the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, how many, how much did you dig? And I'm like, I walked 10 miles a day. How yeah. much did you dig? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. So, um, and as, as just in case you're watching this in the future, yeah, uh, we are recording this on November 19th. Oh, 2018 yeah. on yeah. the CRM Archaeology Podcast. This episode actually comes out on November 21st. So if people are listening to this in real time, you're listening to it the day before Thanksgiving oh. in, in 2018. Wow, you're cutting this close. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and the reason I'm cutting it close, <laughs> let's kick this off. Um, I've been at back-to-back conferences. So uh, as, as most of my yeah. listeners and viewers know, I now work for WildNote. Actually, what a lot of people may not know is that... In fact, I don't think anybody knows this yet online because I haven't really, really publicized. In fact, I need to change my my LinkedIn page. But I started consulting with WildNote in well, I think technically in like February or March of uh, two thousand. I remember it was a while ago of this year, yeah, of two thousand eighteen. And then I I increased what I was doing with them probably by May or June or so, you know. Yeah. And I was basically invoicing them as an independent consultant. So through DigTech, so DigTech was basically working for WildNote for a little while. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a full time employee, but I was pretty much doing full time, full time hours. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had really switched everything over because it's what I really believed in, and I think this is going to be amazing for the field of archaeology. But that is neither here nor there. Um, what yeah. I'm saying is. Uh, I was going to, uh, you know, continue on with these guys and keep it going. And finally, after, again, all that time, starting November 1st, I was a salaried employee with WildNote. Wow. I know. It's my first, like, W-2 job in seven years. Oh, my God. Since you um, since, um, you got let go after that one project we worked on. Basically, since I started, uh, since I started DigTech, which was because I was laid off from Chambers. Yeah, and it's yeah. always easy to remember because that was um, November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but I didn't start my company until January. It takes a little while to set that kind of stuff up. I know. So I think January 8th or something like that is the is the seven-year anniversary or whatever of DigTech. Seven wow. or eight. I think it's a seven-year because the podcast is one year older because I started the podcast while I was at Chambers Group. So, Oh, wait. and It was that winter that they closed that office, isn't it? I think it was a little while later. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know that it was right away. Yeah, it was. It was the next year, though. Um, but I, I mean, Chambers Group itself was a was a, a halfway decent company. We're yeah. dealing with them. Uh, we've had you a are? few people. Well, we've had a few people from Chambers and other offices interested in WildNote. Neat. And I think for other verticals, we call it not for archaeology just yet. But it was oh. like they've got a biology departments and all kinds of stuff. That was their main thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. initially at least. So. Oh, and I do have something to say about that. You know, when yeah. we move on to what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, just real quick then. So. Yeah. November 1st, I started with WildNote officially, um, but that didn't mean anything really changed. It just means I'm getting a paycheck now rather than billing them, and uh, which is a little weird. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm used to dealing with my own taxes at this point, but now somebody's taking taxes out for me, and that's yeah. strange. And I probably should have waited till January 1st because I'm going to have a W-2 for like two months of this year, which yeah. is irritating. But at least we don't have income tax here in Nevada, so that's good. Uh, Tabitha Yay. says we are live on Facebook. In fact, we are live on Facebook. Yeah. So that's intentional, Tabitha. Wow, you're um, way behind on that end. I, I just, yeah, I know <laughs> I saw it. It's behind my microphone. So anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is... Uh, Anyway, so November is a really tough month because what I'm doing with WildNote is sales, CRM sales. Yeah. I'm also doing development, not from a coding standpoint, but I'm doing development from a front-end sort of standpoint, helping yeah. create some of the forms that we need for CRM, yeah. and then QA those and make sure they're good and, and check all that stuff out, and then see what we need also for the field. So I'm full archaeology. I am the archaeology department with WildNote. We yeah. have other people doing biology stuff, wetlands stuff, yeah. um, all those all those sorts of things. And then we have, of course, full-time developers as well. And by the way, I'm just going through the website. Yeah, I see that. It's great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, because I'm sales, I got to hit all the conferences. So I the first week of, the, of November, yeah. I was in Salt Lake City for the Great Basin Anthropological Conference. And that was that was a good conference. It's always pretty big because it only happens every two years. Oh, how are the yeah. bars in Salt Lake? Uh, you know, we hit a couple of them, but honestly, when you're in a booth all day and you're not just like 
watching papers or doing a presentation, you really get worn out. So uh, my wife was there with me. She's actually uh, um, temporary yeah. with Wild Note to help yeah. out with the booths. And uh, because she's also an archaeologist and uh, or was an archaeologist anyway. Uh-huh. And so but she's got enough knowledge and she's used the Wild yeah. Note platform enough to know that to, to, you know, help out in the booth. And so, I mean, we get off work and it was like, yeah, you know, and I say get off work because it is work. I mean, you get off from the booth and it's like, my God, I just want to go like take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We went out a few times, but it was okay. Salt Lake City is a really cool town. I mean, despite all the uh, Mormonness, it's it's like polarized. It's either like uber religious or uber not religious. (laughs) Oh, you're telling me. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I love I love Utah in general for yeah. not only of course the geology and all the cool stuff there, but the towns, the uh. street plans. The Mormons did one thing right when they decided to make cities in Utah. They said, you know what, we're going to do this on a grid, moving out from the temple. So you know the temples in the middle of the town, and everything yeah. else is 100, 200, 300 east, south, northwest. Yeah. It's beautiful. So you you can instantly know how to get to any address like immediately. True. But yeah. when I was working in southern Utah, I definitely always took the every chance I could to go to Arizona. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Arizona's pretty cool, too. Yeah. So, it also um, has um, alcohol and beer. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Utah's weird laws prevent them from, uh, like, like we went, we had to go into a Costco uh, because that's the only place I could think to get something affordable. But I, I actually drove, we drove to Utah because we wanted to bring a bunch of stuff with us. Yeah. So, we drove there and it was about halfway to Utah. I realized I'd forgotten a jacket. <gasps> because our car, my truck sits in a parking garage. Yeah. It's not cold in there. Oh. So I got all the stuff down there, packed it all in, and then we got like three hours from Reno and realized <laughs> I didn't have a jacket. And it was oh. cold. It was really cold. So we we set up the booth right when we got there on yeah. that Wednesday. And then we actually went right to the um, opening reception, which was yeah. at the Utah Museum of Natural History, which was great. Cool. Kind of up on the hill on the eastern side of town. And wow. it was just a really cool place. And they had a bunch of snacks and food. And um, the vendors, as vendors, we got a, some free drink tickets. So yeah. and we had some wine and had some snacks. I met an old college professor of mine, got her set up with Wild Note. Really? And uh, yeah. And um, it was a pretty cool time. And then we went to Costco right before they closed, and I bought a jacket. So. Well, I mean, they sell all sorts of cool things there. They do, but they were closing, so I had to get a jacket, so we went there. But my point is, we were going to pick up like a bottle of wine or two just to have in our room, Yeah. and uh, they don't sell wine at Costco there because of Utah's crazy laws. They sell beer, 3-2 beer, 3.2% alcohol. That's the Gross. law. I know. You have to go to a liquor store to get wine or liquor. Oh, and they're federal employee or they're state employees, aren't they? I think they might be. Yeah, yeah. they do that a lot in the South, too, like- you know the ABC stores and stuff in North North Carolina and stuff. They're all they're all state employees. Uh. So anyway, we'll get to Richie. Um, yeah, we came back on that Saturday. I marched in the Veterans Day parade on Sunday in downtown oh, Reno. That. Yeah, with my Civil Air Patrol squadron, and then Monday did a whole bunch of work, and then Tuesday flew to Augusta, Georgia, for the uh, Southeastern Archaeological Conference. Oh, and that happens every year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go that way next year because it's in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm not sure if I want to go to Jackson. No, I'll Why probably not? go. I know. I've never been. I've, well, I've been through Jackson, but I've never uh, stayed there. Well, it just makes me think of, um, you know, like... The song? Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, what song? What is it? It's like, uh, is it um, Johnny Cash's wife going down to Jackson? Something oh, around? yeah. Yeah, June anyway, Carter. June oh, Carter, yeah. Because I was thinking about that book, you know, the book with that was turned the movie with Gregory, um, was a, uh, you know, the dude. The du- oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Bridges. No, 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 no not no. Jeff Bridges. Um, um, from the '60s. The, um, yeah. Oh my God, the oh, one that was off the rails now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll think of it. Uh, so anyway, SEAC was great. Ooh. We were in the vendor room again. Uh, had a lot of stuff. Uh, to see and do in there, and uh, Augusta is a really weird town. It's um, it's it's old, and there's a yeah. lot of really cool architecture because yeah. it's, it's obviously from like the 1700s. Yeah, but it seemed like it was just run down. Like there was a lot of empty businesses, but at the same time, right next to like three empty buildings on the downtown streets, yeah. there was a, like a hipster, you know, restaurant or something. <laughs> it's almost like here. Kind of, you know. I mean, they're doing a lot of revitalization down here, but in Midtown down here, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of really old, weird, rundown yeah. places, but then really cool hipster food places. By the way, To Kill a Mockingbird. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. Gregory Peck to kill yeah. Mockingbird. Yeah. 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 Oh. I know. So anyway, that was my my conferences. We got back um, yesterday as we're recording this. We had a yeah. thirteen and a half hour travel day. Um, is it thirteen and a half hours though? Or well, is it just we a had long some, layover. We had some layovers, so we had to, we got our plane left from Augusta at five thirty eight in the morning, and uh, took us to Charlotte, and then we had yeah. about an hour in Charlotte, and then we had uh, uh, about three and a half hours in Los Angeles, and then back to Reno. So, I mean, what'd you do for three and a half hours? Uh, we walked around a bit, had lunch at the airport. At the airport, I mean, Los Angeles has a lot of stuff at the airport. You know, you oh, can get through the terminals. So, one cool thing from a history perspective, yeah, uh, terminals four and five at Los Angeles are mostly American Airlines, and I think Delta or something as well. I can't yeah. remember, but it's at least American. And I was reading some of the history of LA, LAX. Yeah. Because I was bored and I had internet on the plane. I wasn't bored. I was trying to find something and I wanted to get between the terminals. Yeah. But they're doing construction and stuff and it looked like you had to go out of security and then back in to get into another terminal. Because mm. there wasn't, we were coming in on one terminal and there's not really any good food options there. We wanted to go to the other one. Yeah. Well, then I found out there's a tunnel that goes underground between the two terminals. Yeah. Right about in the middle, you know, yeah. so it goes right under all the taxiways and everything, or not taxiways, but where the planes are coming in and yeah. to the gates. And Ooh. it's like a, a five to ten minute long walk under these tunnels to get from one side to the other. Uh, and then I re- was reading back when they first made this airport, um, yeah. back in the, they were designing it back in I think the 50s or something. Yeah. And uh, they had this central hub for ticketing. And then the idea was you take this long tunnel to get out to your terminal as like spokes. Well, that yeah. never worked out, but they still had the tunnel concept in a lot of places. And apparently this tunnel between the terminals was closed down for a few years after 9-11 because of security concerns and then they opened it back up when they started doing a lot of construction and realized hey we need more traffic flow. oh by the way yeah. a really really good um movie tip those tunnels you're talking about yeah. um if you watch point blank with lee marvin <laughs> um there's like a really famous scene where he's walking right through it nice and i always remember that movie because um oh the dude in lethal weapon what's his name mel gibson yeah yeah did a remake of it and when they were when they were um, doing the um, commentary track for the original Point Blank, they're like, that movie, you know, the script was just like the script they took and threw out the window. Mm. <laughs> nice. Nice. Because um, the re- original Point Blank is a really good movie. Yeah. Like so, Steve Soderbergh cl- quotes it as like one of his favorites. Not like, you're not talking about like the surfer one later on? Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, that's Point Break. Yeah, it's Point <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, you know, we did all that. Got back yesterday, um, really long day, and yeah. now uh, I know my wife and I were headed to the Oregon coast on Wednesday, yeah, for Thanksgiving with my family, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, what you driving? Yep, driving, driving through the uh, snow and all that stuff. Oh, I wait. mean, it's almost better to drive because from Reno we'd have to go to fly. We'd have to fly to like Portland or something. And maybe Eugene, if you can get there, but then it's still like a two-hour drive out to the coast. Is it still? Is there still a fire going on? Yeah, that fire's not contained yet. Everybody's probably heard of the Paradise Fire by now, the campfire they call it. Yeah. Destroyed Paradise, California, where my ex-wife was born, actually, back oh, in really? 1974 or whatever. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know anything about her family, if they're yeah. still there, if they lost their house or what. Oh, man. Well, if only they had raked their leaves. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> a lot of raking going on. Yeah. So, hopefully, that never gets outdated. Oh my God, freaking Trump! <laughs> so, what have you been up to the last month, Richie? I don't even remember when we recorded last. Oh my God, I'd have to look it up since I'm actually all caught up with the downloading. But just finishing up my field season. Yeah. And last week I was doing nothing, and this week I'm winding down all my kind of you know end of the field season stuff. Mm-hmm. But I will admit. Even though it hasn't snowed, it was still as cold where I, I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say switch the display. Oh, there. whoops. Hang on. It still was cold out where I was. Like, there were mornings where it was like one degree. Were you the, still in Nevada? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In an undisclosed location. Yeah. Well, we won't disclose any locations on this show. Yeah. But more importantly, um, it had been, I don't know. A couple of years since I'd worn all my winter layers, and I had forgotten that I had forgotten that I'm no longer as skinny as when I um, first bought them, and not skinny, <laughs> you know, like you know, stomach-wise, but skinny as in like shoulder-wise, like you bulked I, up a little bit, huh? Yeah, like I put it on and I could not move my freaking arms, and I was <laughs> and I was doing excavation. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> yeah. 
So even though they can't see it at home, I did finally on eBay. I've been looking for one of these for years. It's a Filson um, Wool Cruiser. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like their heaviest weight one, and I was a little worried because, mm-hmm. you know, because my old jacket is a cart heart and it's super bulky, mm-hmm. but I got that years ago. And this one is just as warm, but it has more pockets, and it's a lot lighter. Yeah. And thinner. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me think, I want to ask you a question about boots, but yeah. oh, for, the, should. for the benefit of the CRM Archaeology podcast, uh, I'm going to call a break right now, but we're I'll not really going to take one for the video audience. Um, <laughs> so for the CRM Arc podcast, we will be back in just a second. Uh, listen to this ad, yeah. undoubtedly, about WildNote yeah. or something like that, and uh, and become a member, arcpodnet.com forward slash members. We just received yeah. a new member today, actually. So Oh, you did? Yep. And oh, cool. uh, So yeah, do that, and we'll be back in just a second. Yeah. Hey, podcast fans and digital archaeologists. Have you heard about WildNote? It's a data collection app that works online or offline on your smartphone or tablet, iOS or Android. It allows you to collect field data easily, manage data efficiently, and generate data reports and site records effortlessly. We have a growing list of state site forms built in for your use and some generic forms that will work anywhere. Check out the shovel testing and photograph forms. You can get a free all-access 30-day trial today by going to wildnoteapp.com. That's wildnoteapp.com for your free 30-day trial. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back to segment two of the Sierra Archaeology podcast, or you call this archaeology. We are live on Facebook, and that's what you're listening to here. Yeah. Um, so when we left on the last segment, Richie, I wanted to ask you a question about boots because I saw Somebody comment in one of the Facebook groups that we belong to. It was either yeah. Archaeofield Techs or North American Archaeological Tech Forum. If you're not a member of either of those, you probably should be. Yeah. If you're on Facebook. Yeah. Let's talk about Facebook at some point, too, in a minute. <laughs> Although nobody's going to hear it unless... Well, the Sierra Mark podcast will hear it. Yeah. If you're not on Facebook, yeah. you wouldn't see it here. But So anyway, somebody posted, you know, how often... I, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't exactly remember, but I'm going to make up my own question based on that. Yeah. They basically said, how often do you replace your boots... You know, what kind of boots do you get? Stuff like that. It wasn't really... Wait, they did? I didn't see that. I know. I saw it a few days ago. It wasn't really asking about, like, what kind of boots, but really more what kind of longevity do you look for in boots, right? Yeah. And there were a few answers. One of the people on there answered that we both know. Yeah. He's like, I get my boots from, like, the Goodwill, and I replace them three or four times a season because he's buying boots that are either super cheap, from my my yeah. guess, or are already on their last legs. Man, because I have never replaced... I've only replaced one pair of boots. Well, that's kind of true, though. Because you've, you've like, maintained your boots. You've fixed them. Oh, that's true. Because you get them resold. Yeah. I mean, getting your boots resold is like getting a new pair of boots, you know? Yeah. But I mean, you know, except instead of spending two or $300, I'm only spending $30 for, like, three, you know, to um, have new heels put on. Right. And that's... That, I think, is the point I wanted to make, because you're the perfect person to have on here for that, because, I mean... I actually haven't done that yet, but I've thought about it a lot. If I were to ever go back into heavy field work, I'd probably look into buying a decent pair of boots that can be resold. Because if you go out and buy like a pair of hikers from REI yeah. or something, I don't even know if anybody out there would actually resold those or do anything to them. It depends on the brand. Yeah. And I only noticed that because um, thanks to hipsters, yeah, hiking boots, um, hiking boot manufacturers have started introducing stuff that they like call their heritage or their vintage lines. And oh. those are all, and almost all of them are resolable now. So what makes a boot resolable? Oh, um, you have to look for something called a Goodyear welt. And if you look along the bottom of the boot, mm-hmm. there will be like, um, there will be um, stitching. Oh, okay. And that's where the boot connects to the heel. And then you can take the, you know, the you can take it to your cobbler, and they'll be able to um, rebuild your own tire sole. Is that like the stitching on this shoe right here? Or is that just decorative stitching? Decorative. Decorative stitching. Okay. It's um, it's it's oriented the wrong way. It's oriented um, it's oriented horizontally, or I guess um, on the top as opposed to the f- around. Okay. I don't know how to describe it uh, in a podcast terms, but basically, if you look at really High class dress shoes. You'll know exactly what Goodyear welt is because okay. you look down, you look straight down your feet, and there'll be um little um stitching along the okay. edges. All right. Yeah. Well, take a look at that. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a new term. I've never heard that term before. Oh, really? I'm sure Stephen Wagner knows that term. Who's a, usually a host of this show oh. of the Sierra Mark podcast, anyway. Um, because yeah, that's he's... actually a really common um shoe term. I've just never had a pair of shoes repaired. Really? Yeah. 
I, oh. I I usually buy pretty decent shoes, yeah. um, and I usually buy pretty decent boots, but um, I've never had a pair of boots uh, resold. I mean, usually my field boots, they'll last a couple seasons. You yeah. know, it, back when I was really doing heavy CRM archaeology and just doing it all year long, yeah. it depends on where you're working, of course, too. You know, how long are your soles going to last if you're constantly walking across basalt? It you depends. Know? Yeah, it depends on the sole. depends on the boots. Yeah. You know, so, but when they start, if they start to blow out on the side the side or something like that my philosophy is there's a few things that i'm going to spend money on in crm when i even if i don't have any money i'm going to find the money and i'm going to buy good boots i'm going to buy good gloves and i'm going to keep my vehicle maintained because without all those things i can't keep doing this job yeah you know so i would buy i would buy two to three hundred dollar boots you know and but they'd be like um, really good hiking boots or steel toe hiking boots or something like yeah. that. And then when they die in a year or two, I just chuck them and get a new pair. Although I will admit, hipsters have done good things for like vintage hiking boots, but they've done terrible things for my favorite pair of boots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because um, it's a long story, but years and years ago, you know, I obviously, like a lot of young archaeologists, I really liked Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up what kind of boots he had and I bought a couple of pairs. Mm-hmm. And now, thanks to hipsters, one pair of um, what they call Alden 405s, I think is the model name. Yeah. I got, you can buy one pair of Alden 405s for what I got two pairs. Mm. <laughs> so they've increased the price. Yeah. yeah. And um, I should point I should point out, I bought them like before hipsters came along, they were actually thinking about discontinuing them and that's when I bought them. That's why I bought two pairs because I yeah. thought they were discontinued forever and then they invented the hipster. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, the invention of the hipster. And god damn, they are like my they are like the most comfortable pair of boots I've ever owned in my life. So two things surprised me about your story just now. Yeah. One, uh the fact that you looked up what type of boots Indiana Jones wears and presumably yeah. you found the ones that he was actually wearing for shooting. Yeah. And two, they must have done some research and actually found some decent boots that would be authentic and believable. No. They didn't because no. you, you went and bought the boots. Well, the thing is, when Harrison Ford was a carpenter in the 70s, those are the boots he swore by. Oh. When he was on his feet all day doing manual carpentry labor work, those yeah. are the boots he always wore. So when they started filming the movie, he insisted on them. So they didn't do any research. He just wore them. Yeah. And he already knew. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't, th- I mean, I know costume designers are, are pretty <laughs> amazing people, but- yeah. They find stuff that looks good on camera that's yeah. not necessarily functional. Yeah, but um, Harrison Ford swore by these boots so much that they let him use them. Yeah, yeah. Hot. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine Harrison Ford, as rugged of an individual as he is, probably had a lot of clothing and, and at least boots that, yeah. you know, a real Indiana Jones would wear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he was doing carpentry work. I mean, how many archaeologists have a closet full of Carthardt stuff? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Actually, I don't anymore. You don't? No, I've got a couple of things, but I've gotten rid of most of it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what it is, though. Well, also, my body, as you can see, not a small person, mm. I run hot. Oh. So I typically never really needed Carhartt stuff. Like, I have I have a bunch of clothing, and um, honestly, when it's really cold, it, it's yeah. usually really windy where we work, right? Yeah. So the thing that really gets you is the wind. Yeah. You know, you can have warm clothes all you want, but if the wind's coming through, you're going to be cold. Yeah. And so for me... I have usually dry wicking type material. Same here. Uh, if I really need it, I have like the the really really tight fitting like silk long johns kind of things. Yeah. And uh, because they're they don't chafe, you oh. know, because chafing can be a problem for us. And uh, and they they're tight to your skin, which you really need. Um, yeah. So so I wear those, and then I'll wear you know usually some kind of half decent jacket, but I don't like to be bulky. But I'll, often I'll put my um, I've got a uh, just a, a Columbia raincoat that I bought like years ago, and I'll put that on because wow. it's thi- it's it's lightweight, but no wind gets through it, and it really just keeps the wind off of me, and my body keeps the rest of me warm because I run hot anyway. You know, I'm, wow. I'm making heat inside. All you have to do with your clothing is trap that heat. Yeah, and that's what the raincoat does for me. Wow, because normally I wear um, coveralls or not no, overalls. Overalls, yeah, yeah, and then over that I'll have. Obviously, my long johns, mm-hmm. and then a collared shirt, <laughs> sometimes a tie. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll have either a wool vest or a wool sweater, and then on top of that, another wool vest. Oh, yeah. And then now, I used to have cart hearts over that, but now I'm just going to have another wool jacket. It's getting cold. I know. got to do anything you can to stay warm. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. You know what else helps you stay warm? Mm-hmm. Now that I now that I don't carry a clipboard yeah. uh, in my backpack, yeah. you know, because digital archaeology. Yeah. Uh, 
plenty of room for your um, jet boil to make coffee on your on your lunch break. <laughs> oh my god! You know what Facebook reminded me of today? What's that? On the Ruby pipeline, I actually carried one of those little. Oh god, it wasn't a jet boil, but it was one of those ones that used like the um, one of those little pocket ones that used the little um little white um pill. The big white pill that you light on fire. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I forget what you call those. Hopefully someone out there knows what I'm talking about. You just put that on the ground? Yeah, you know, to keep myself, huh. the, like, you know, I was using it to heat up my hands. Yeah, well, you got to be per- careful in dry environments with that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was told, trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not dry. Yeah. <laughs> it was very windy and very wet and sometimes snowy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the wintertime, it's a little less of a problem. You know, dryness. My God, you know what I've been doing this week that is terrible? Mm. And yet, you know, better? Mm. Normally, at the end of the field season, I've got a bunch of leftover cans and crap. And, you know, I stick that in my cupboard and I don't look at them again. And sometimes I use them next season. Sometimes they go into trash because they're expired. Yeah. Well, last week and starting this week, I have been going through those cans. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, my God. That's why, you know, when you called me earlier, when you were sending me those messages, I was at at the street at a fancy coffee shop getting something else to eat besides um, Spam. Besides what was in your pantry? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, it didn't think it was in my pantry. It was just in the back of my truck and I just brought it in my kitchen. (laughs) Well, some for serum archaeologists, the back of your truck is your pantry. That's true. <laughs> oh my god! You never have any uh, old cans of Pringles, though, do you? Those go fast. It depends. I've uh, I've got one in there now, but I did finish <laughs> another one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mainly because I went the cap. Like one of the first things I did did when I got back to town is I went the Capriotis. And for most people who out there, I don't know, is Capriotis like is that Nevada only? I, I think it's Reno area only, isn't it? Oh, already. Yeah. Because they have a turkey cranberry sandwich. And oh, I was thinking about that. Hmm? The gobbler. Yeah. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. And I'm like, I need that when I get back to town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And, you know, obviously you need chips to go with that. It's got turkey, cranberry, stuffing. Yeah. All in a sandwich, and they sell it year-round. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. It's delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. I almost feel like going out and get another one, but I'm, I can't. I've got Amen. something on my crock pot. If there was one on my way home, I'd probably stop and get it. Oh my yeah. God! It's actually God. There's God. I guess the closest one is um on the other side of the freeway. Yeah, yeah. But I'm already walking like over a mile home, and I don't want to go the other side of the freeway. Interesting. Have you ever hit up the trivia night at um that bar right on the river? No, haven't done it. Oh, because yeah. it's every Tuesday. Oh yeah. 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 There's a meetup group there. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, oh, and one so... million. By the way, one million cups is on meetup for some reason. Well, that's because it's a meetup. It is. Pretty much. You, you can go there anytime you want. Oh, I didn't know that. Check out One Million Cups in your neighborhood. Yeah. If you're interested in seeing new companies and, and talking to other entrepreneurs and people interested in that. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's totally oh, wow. open for everyone. Wow. No, I just yeah. didn't know it was a meetup. Well, it's not. They just put it on meetup because it is an event that happens periodically, and that's what's oh. on meetup. So, All you right. know, you can call it a meetup if you want, but they have their own website as well. Oh. Yeah. So, All right. You were about to say? Uh, well, I was going to ask you, so- you know, it's always feast or famine here and uh, in CRM archaeology, and I know you were working at the bookstore over the yeah. summer and then started getting some work, and then work dried up a little bit and started getting some more work, and usually when people are starting to get into wintertime, which we're yeah. pretty solidly into now, uh, yeah. we haven't had any snow yet, but that's Reno. We don't get a lot of snow to begin with. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh. <laughs> but the- uh, Yeah? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you- you seem to be doing all right. You had some work, and now you've got some other possible work coming up. Surprisingly, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of those things. I unlike a lot of other people, I'm I've um I have what you might call it. I have been um you know still sending out resumes. Yeah, because you know some people they got on a company at the beginning of the season they they they, they just stop. Yeah, that's a big mistake. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's like um what's his name says you know don't dig the well before you're thirsty. Well, yeah, and even if you get to a job and you get into a situation where you're getting hired, you're filling out paperwork, and they're like, yeah, we've got all these projects, we've got all this stuff lined up. Yeah. I'm not saying they're lying. They like to be optimistic, but you're at the whim of the construction industry, basically. Yeah. And they may or may or may unless you're getting on a job that is like two two years worth of field work, that's the only kind of security you can really expect, right? And even then, you can be let go at any time. Yeah. So- I mean, even if you're sitting there and they're like, oh, yeah, we want to do this and this and this and we've got all yeah. this work, keep putting out those resumes because the worst thing you can do is say no to a job. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not that big a deal. No. You know, they probably expected that a certain number of people are already going to be employed when they try to hire them. But that dream job that you might get 
could be the one that calls you. And sure, ah. you'll have to you'll have to upset the people you're with now, and Man. maybe you've only been with them for a few weeks, but uh, an even better, more long term job comes up. You got to take it. See. Oh my yeah. God! Although it does lead to some weirdness with unemployment sometimes. Yeah, well, because you know you have to say that you left the job early, and then you have to set up an interview, and they have to say the whole thing like the project was going to end like in three days, and this other project was starting up, so I just left a few days early. Yeah, but if you're going from one job to the next, yeah. and you don't have a gap where you need to collect unemployment, yeah, then I don't think I would worry about it. You know? Oh well, no, it's just like I just set up unemployment. Yeah. Yeah, and I had now I have to do the stupid interview. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I hate that. I know. You got to explain it to him at least once. I but know. that's okay. And sometimes maybe you are going to have a gap uh, between two jobs and it it doesn't hurt to ask them if they will just mark it as a layoff, you know, or something oh, like that. that rather than happened. you quitting. Yeah. You know. Oh, interesting. If you got to leave early. Yeah. Just see if they'll call it a layoff, you know, because it's yeah. no it's no real skin off of their nose to call it a layoff. Ha. Huh. You know, so, but some team, sometimes people don't like doing it for whatever reason. By the way, this has yeah. been an unusually busy year. Like, yeah. I may have work starting as soon as like the big, after, right after the new year, which is crazy. That hasn't happened. That hasn't happened since you and I went up the, um, since you and I went up 395 together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, mm. this project that's starting, you know, it's um in a certain part of the country and I'm like, oh, I've been there before. You know, I did this project there. She's like, oh, I've heard of that. Let me get off the phone with you as quickly as possible. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's nice. the one where you and I first met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny that how many years later and people still recall it and not fondly. <laughs> it was so mismanaged. So mismanaged. I know. I know. Yeah, well, either way, um, I hope that uh, the jobs that you're looking at this winter are in areas that, you know, Either won't get snowed out or don't get snow very much. Oh, because that's the only thing to shut them down. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. you know, people surprisingly enough, people have been looking at my LinkedIn. Oh yeah, yeah. And well, I'm kicking myself because you know, hopefully people have been watching the you call this archaeology podcast. Remember, but I was doing the whole digital marketing thing. Yeah, and I set the whole thing with link with LinkedIn to send me job notifications mm-hmm. about a year ago. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Month after month, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's just been a steady in stream. Like, not like, you know, not like a bajillion, but like, you know, from zero to like one or two a week. Now, what kind of what kind of companies are looking at you? Oh. Uh, is this archaeology? Is this digital marketing? Digital marketing, hopefully. Wow. For some of them. Well, at least some of them. Like, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but certain, you know, archaeology companies have been looking at me. Yeah. But um, the point is, is that, man, I wish I had been doing digital marketing the whole time. I mean, with, with something new, even with something old, you got to keep grinding at it before something happens. Oh, I know. And you know what I was doing last yeah. night? Hmm. Well, with my new phone over there, which I should probably turn off before the battery dies because it's already done recording. <laughs> but, um, um, God, I was downloading like Google Analytics. I was downloading all these SEO tools and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to get back in the swing of it. Nice. Yeah. And I've already been sketching out ideas for the APN again. Well, there you go. And Because uh, wasn't there someone else interested? We've got... Technically, three people working on marketing for the APN right now. They're all doing really micro tasks, which is great because it's a lot of work. You know, yeah, so, but I haven't seen the newsletter, the weekly email newsletter lately. Uh, it went out last week. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, wait, what day is it today? Yeah. I, I don't know if it went out today. I don't think it went out today. Oh. But either way, yeah. we've got people working on it, and you know, adding more people to the team is always beneficial. So, yeah. Um, but. That's what I'm saying, though. You know, we talk about this a lot on the You Call This Archaeology show, yeah. which is, and and we've talked about this on the CRM Archaeology podcast as well, which is you got to have kind of a side hustle, yeah. you know, because not only should you have a side hustle, but I feel like archaeologists are the type of people that, you know, the ones that stick with it are the ones that kind of like to think about, quote, work all the time. Yeah. They like to think about archaeology. You're always doing stuff. You know, you, I mean, sure, you need a vacation every once in a while from it, but you're always you're always kind of on with yeah. archaeology, right? Uh, as as we said, not like other jobs. So sometimes having a side hustle is a better deal than just sitting around and loafing around and watching TV all night because I feel like we get bored doing that. Oh, God. you know, a lot of us do. So well, you, it depends. Well, it depends. I mean, sometimes you got to bend to watch a TV show. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but. If you have a side hustle, that can be like a real active thing you do that's yeah. not archaeology. Yeah. You might be able to tie it in somehow someday, but it's not archaeology, and it's something else that you're focusing on and doing, and it's taking up some of your energy. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what yeah. else someone mentioned to me lately? Hmm. She's like, you know, God, it's kind of like you've got a brand. I'm like, I didn't even yeah. think about it that way. 
It is your brand. Bill White wrote about that, uh, host of this show. Oh, he uh, he wrote about your personal brand in his blog, yeah. and uh, and I really took that too, and I started writing about it as well, and and talking about it. Whether you like, I, I have a friend who, when I told her about this. You know, the concept of having a personal brand to her, she's like disgusting. She's like, she doesn't put herself out there. She's on all the socials, but she doesn't co- post or comment or do anything. Really? She's, a, she's a lurker. My wife is kind of a lurker, but that's okay. Huh. Um, and, you know, when I when I was talking to her about the concept of a personal brand, she's like, oh, that's gross. I don't even like thinking about people self-promoting themselves like that. And I was like, yeah, but it's not that. You can do no promotion whatsoever, but anybody that knows you paints a picture of you in their head when they yeah. think about you. That's your brand. Yeah. Like, do you show up on time? You know, do you, um, are you that person who smells gross when you get in the field truck in the morning? Well, and it can be something simple as somebody that's never actually met you. They've just seen you somewhere, you know, you, you've got a certain brand for sure. You know, some people have an understated visual appearance. Richie has a very curated (laughs) visual appearance that he, that he wants to put out there and he does. And, and it's consistent. Yeah. You know, people know who Richie is when they see him, right? Yeah. Even if they've never talked to you or met you before. Yeah. If they've seen you, they're like, oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. That's your brand. Yay. I know. <laughs> and and your brand can be good. Your brand can be bad. But it's mm. your brand. And the, the, the thing I think Bill was making the point of, and I've made the point as well, too, is as long as you're going to have a brand, whether you yeah. like it or not, you may as well start cultivating it. You may as well start See? putting that out there. And that's why, I mean, there's definitely people I know on Facebook that are probably great archaeologists, but I'll tell you what. I would never work with them because of what they put out on Facebook. Oh yeah. They're just they're just either angry or ignorant or See? something and I'm like, listen, you probably know everything about the prehistory of whatever the hell, but I don't care. You're not a person I want to be around, you know? <laughs> ah, that's true. Because they're not cultivating their brand properly. Have those views, but don't put them in groups where other archaeologists yeah. are. Watch who you put on your friends list. Well, being know. fun to work with is better is more important than anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, well, I guess not fun, but more like, you know, easy to work with. Sure. Well, like like myself, I've got a lot of <clears throat> I've got a lot of to some people probably really controversial views on things yeah. in the world, yeah. right? And some people may like that and some people may not, but I am I am a, a outward salesperson for Wild Note. Um I run the Archaeology Podcast Network. Yeah. I have my own CRM firm. I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of stuff that I put on Facebook that I feel is really all that polarizing. Yeah. Sometimes I will. Don't get me wrong. It's still my yeah. Facebook page, but I accept almost everyone in as a friend yeah. because it's kind of a networking opportunity for me. And if I really wanted to just put some crazy stuff out there, yeah. I'd curate my list and, and I'd, I'd make special lists of just people I wanted to see that. But that's a lot of work and I don't I do know. it. So in the end, I really just don't put a lot of controversial stuff on Facebook. Speaking of, um, how is your CRM site going? Because you had news about that the last time <laughs> we were talking. Well, I did, and um, it's all over. No, it's not. It's just <laughs> winter. So you know, I've still got one project with this new, this new um, sort of client base I've been given. Uh, but I'm waiting on the. Uh, I'm still waiting on the BLM permit. Oh, yeah. It just hasn't come in yet, and it looks like it's not going to come in anytime soon. So why not? Well, it take first off the guy who does all these was at the Great Basin Conference, so that week was out, and then oh, did you talk to him? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. But um, and now the uh, uh, Thanksgiving is this week, That's so true. you know I, I'm sure the federal employees are working uh, the first three days. They don't get the whole week off unless they took the whole week off. Mm. But that being said, it's just you know it takes a little time to do this. But the good thing is we haven't really had snow yet, and yeah. if we do get snow, anytime we get snow in like November, early December, it never sticks around. No, you know, so I'm not too worried about it. I'll still get out there. I've got to go all the way out to Elko. Really? Um, so this this is a good point actually because I've got to, all, all the way out to Elko to record two archaeological sites that were um, uh, that had a fire pass over them oh. uh, this summer. Yeah, and this client is managing land that is that is owned by the uh, BL, that is managed by the BLM. Yeah, they're leasing that land, and the BLM's required them to do basically a fire survey to see what's left, what oh. happens, you know, what's going on, and that brings up the fires in Paradise, California. There is so much just open land up there, yeah. unsurveyed open land up there. That that's true. That's gonna. I mean, to to try to put a a, a bright spin on something. Yeah. For archaeologists, the the BLM and the Forest Service and whoever manages the land that's been destroyed by this fire, the hundreds yeah. of thousands of acres. Oh. They're going to be required to do archaeological survey. Oh, that's true. To Are find we... out what's left. Wow. Or else, my God. Maybe we'll be required to carry rakes too from now on. I mean, I'm sure if we're out there, we may as well rake. <laughs> we may as well rake while we're out there. So, hey, real quick on that note, let's take our final break with the Sierra Archaeology Podcast. 
and we'll be back in a second to wrap up this discussion and conversation on You Call This Archaeology. This network is listener supported. We're trying to move away from paid advertising while also creating new shows and supporting the ones we have. The APN has never and will never make a serious profit on our podcast. Every little dime we make goes back into the network and improving show quality. So become a member today at www.arcpodnet.com slash members to show your support, get some extras, and be a benefactor for archaeological education. Members get stickers, a coffee mug, a t-shirt, bonus content, early access to episodes, a private Slack team to talk to other members and the hosts, and full access to training on Team Black over at arccert.black. So check out our memberships at www.arcpodnet.com slash members today and support archaeological education. That's www.arcpodnet.com slash members. Now back to the show. All right. So let's go back live with the Serum Arc podcast. So welcome back to the Serum Archaeology podcast, episode 150. Wow. I know, 150 episodes. So... Uh, and this is the last segment, and this is being simulcast on, uh, well, kind of, it's being recorded for the Sierra Archaeology podcast, but <laughs> it's also being broadcast on Facebook at arcpodnet.com, uh, sorry, at facebook.com forward slash arcpodnet, yeah. and we go live every once in a while, so go like that page, and you'll get yeah. notifications when we go live. Oh, and I will start uploading videos again, hopefully yeah. soon. And you're uploading them to where? Um, happy Archaeology Fun Time on YouTube. There you go. So that's Richie's YouTube channel. Yeah. He's got a ton of other stuff up there, too. Yeah. yeah. And soon um, to have more, because I actually started writing scripts again. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to see who else like wants to um, help me out with it Yeah. in terms of like interviewing. Nice. But everyone is like busy this month, obviously. There's a lot of going on. There's a lot going on. And yet, my God, it's almost the end of the month, which is crazy. I know. November's flying by. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, I think um, I want to mention something about the CRM Arc podcast, and oh. this is good for people watching this on You Call This Archaeology as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm having, let's just say, a struggle keeping that podcast going. You are? Yeah. Uh, it's always kind of mm. hard just coming up with new topics and things that we haven't talked about ah. and, and things that I want to discuss. Um, yeah. I've got co-hosts for the show, but they really... And they come up with some topics occasionally, um, yeah. but I really need somebody who uh, who wants to join in um, regularly, just every two weeks, but but be with us in the background and help come up with new ideas and really be concerned with it. Oh, you know, you know it sounds like what you need is like a showrunner or a producer, like for almost well, individual shows. I have a producer, but I really like an additional co-host that that really sees the Sierra Mark podcast as something they want to do. Well, that's you know, what they, I mean, like a showrunner. Yeah, I guess, but also a co-host. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Carl Feagan's joined and he says, I hope that's just me that can't hear you since you've been going for 51 minutes. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. Hang on. Oh, my God. Has no one been listening to us? At least we're recording this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. All righty. All right. Oh, wait. I wonder what what did that. I don't know. Sometimes when you went away from the window and came back, it I muted. know. Uh-oh, yeah. so it's been a while. Well, hi, Carl. Thanks for letting us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, at least we're recording this, and yeah. if you, for some reason, just joined us and you're still watching, yeah, um, we uh, this will be on arcpodnet.com forward slash podcast forward slash 150. Oh, and also um, the You Called This Archaeology page. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, when that but they're only on that page when they come up on YouTube. I know. <laughs> It'll happen. So, yeah. And Carl, thanks a lot. Carl says we're there. Uh oh and and Mindy joined. Mindy Hertz. She's my real estate agent. That's some other news. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So, let me tell you guys, it's not every day that a CRM archaeologist goes and buys a house. Um <gasps> but my wife and I, we are in contract or whatever they call it. Uh for oh, I thought a, you were a house. I thought you were looking at your um, Well, it's a condo. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at a condo. We're not getting the one that we're living in now. You're not? No, it's way overpriced. Oh. Yeah, $320,000 for less than 1,000 square feet. Oh, because there's actually a house down the street for sale for like 400000 I know, and and that's just beyond our budget anyway. Yeah. So it's not what I want to pay. But uh, and, and Mindy says hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi there. Carl says he votes we start all over again so we can just hear it live. <laughs> yeah. Carl, you're just going to have to wait two days. Because this will be out on the Sierra Mark podcast on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, you can hear us ramble anytime in person. I know, right? Right. 
So um, anyway, I saw Carl at the last. Uh, I think I saw Carl at the last Sea uh, Act that I was at in Athens, Georgia, which was a few years ago. Uh, but Carl, if you were at the one in uh, in Augusta, Georgia, I missed you because I didn't see you. Wait, is that where they hold a golf tournament thingy? Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's where the highly racist golf tournament is every year. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah. So we're we're buying a, a townhouse, uh, condo, townhouse. I don't know what you call it. They're really? all the same thing to me. And uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it, it's definitely not sealed up yet. I mean, we still have to have inspections and stuff next week. Oh my god! It's, all hopefully, that. isn't going to be as far as your last place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually closer here. Oh, thank God. Yeah, it's actually down by Virginia Lake, if you know where that's at. Yeah. Uh, well, if well, you're pointing the wrong way. Was... Oh, yeah, that way. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so uh, Carl says his boss went. So oh, wait, you mean those go. nice, brightly pastel-colored ones? Next to those. We oh. looked at those. They were too narrow for me. Yeah, they were narrow. like as narrow as this room. Oh. Yeah, they're they're nice. They're three floors. Um, but I just, I just didn't like how narrow they were. Wait, you mean on the so. other side of the street then? No, they're still on the south side, on the e- southeast side of Virginia Lake, um, kind of between the lake and the pepper mill. There's Ooh. a bunch of apartments there, and yeah. then behind those apartments, there's um, purchasable like townhouses. Neat. Yeah, so it's right in that complex. So we'll see. Like I said, it looks, it seems pretty good. I don't know what could go wrong, uh, yeah. unless they found something in the inspection that we just couldn't get over, which is unlikely. Yeah. But uh, you know, so it seems like a pretty good deal. But um, we won't know until probably the mid to end of December yeah. uh, until it closes. So. Wow, and that's going to be here before you know it. I know, I know. And we're going to Charlotte, North Carolina for the last week of December, so that's going to be real interesting. So, <laughs> And movie's going to be double interesting. I know. We're actually going to have probably both places for about two months. Really? How come? Yeah. Well, because instead of trying to get out of our lease early, which ends at the end of February, Yeah. Um, and also the way the house payment structure <clears throat> works when you close on a house, we probably won't have our first payment due until like February. Oh. So it's only really one month that we'd be doubling up on the rent. Yeah. Um, but or the the payment anyway. Yeah, and uh, that'll give us time because we're gonna buy all new appliances for this place. It's got crappy appliances in it. Oh, um, so we're gonna buy all new appliances. Maybe do some painting, do some other work before yeah. we move everything in. So that's what we'll be doing in January, more than likely, if we get this, and then we'll move in sometime, sometime in February, probably. Interesting. Does this yeah. have a garage space? It has a carport. Oh, all right. Because I was going to say, like, you know, podcasting studio or home podcasting studio slash office. Well, there is two bedrooms, and one of the bedrooms is pretty big, and there's a good space for doing that in there. But I like the collective. I was yeah. thinking about that. Those places we were looking at, yeah. um, the ones you thought of first with the multicolored pastel ones, yeah. there was a garage space in the bottom floor, and in the Ooh. front of that was a single room that's like an office. Ah. That's all enclosed in, you know, yeah. and is ready to go. It would have been a great podcasting studio. Interesting. How much did they rent for? Uh, I those those particular ones, I think they were around three hundred, give or take, depending on the unit. They were plus or minus twenty grand off of three hundred. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll see. Like I said, I I don't. I mean, I'm excited, but I don't really get my my hopes up until the keys are in hand. <laughs> see, it's just like me. Like, um, I mean, supposedly I have work after the new year, but we'll, I know. we'll see. Well, I think the the more poignant thing here is that. I owned a house. I, I, it's actually 20 years ago. Wow! Really? Uh, next year, yeah, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's the first house I ever bought. Only house I ever bought. Ah. Literally, ever since then, I have never lived in an area where I wanted to buy another house. Like it's just not my my ethic to think. You know, I just I need to own a house. Yeah. I need to have two kids, and I need to have a dog. You know, but like. You- but the thing that blows my mind is, you really wanted to own a house in Tulsa, Oklahoma? No, I didn't. <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing back then, right? Like, I was out of the military. Um, I was married at the time. You know, we went there, and uh, we were in a... We actually were in a hotel for, like, 15 days because we, we didn't have any place to live when we first got down there. Yeah. And it, it, there was no real internet, so it was hard to find... Um, it was hard to find places to live if you weren't in the town. So yeah. my brother helped us move. We had all our stuff in a U-Haul truck just sitting there. Like we were just paying to sit there in a freaking truck wow. while we were at the hotel looking for places to live. And we found this like apartment that was um, no, with no contract. It was like by the month. Yeah. And that turned out to be a nightmare. That apartment was just junk. And mm. based on that, we decided to buy because that's the model that we grew up with. You know, oh. you buy a house. So we bought a house and uh, owned it for about two years. Yeah. And then uh, I transferred from Spartan School of Aeronautics to the University of North Dakota <laughs> in uh, North Dakota. 
And we actually were looking at buying a house up there, wow. but there was nothing because again, that's the mindset I grew up with. And yeah, but North Dakota, uh, trust me. <laughs> luckily, we never bought a house up there, and uh, and I ended up renting, and then we got divorced, you know, a few years later, and uh, oh, so that would have been a nightmare. But man, during the fracking boom, you could have sold for like a really big profit. Yeah, if I lived way out that direction, I was on the other end of the state. Well, that's true. So anyway, I haven't bought a house since, and shovel bumming, you're like, where am I even going to stay that is, I'm, I'm going to want is like a base of operations? Where's that going to be? So I've never yeah. really thought of any place I want to live, but turns out Reno's not such a bad place to live. Yeah. You know? It's really nice here. The The town is, is, is getting better every year. There's stuff yeah. coming in. We've got the high desert to the east. We've got the mountains to the west. We don't yeah. get a lot of snow, but we've got 40 feet of snow 30 minutes away. Yeah. You know? And it's just, uh, there's a lot of good things here the only thing i complain about yeah really is um you know i travel a lot yeah. because for work and other things and it is a bitch flying out of reno <laughs> yeah at least we have an airport well, we have an airport but you got to go from reno to somewhere within an yeah. adjacent state to go anywhere yeah you know oh my god you know this is a perfect time for me to jump in and rant about the fact that my favorite bar in midtown closed Oh, yeah? Suddenly. Like, literally, like, the bartender and I were talking before I left. I was, like, last customer there that night, like, their last night. And I finally convinced this bartender to talk to her manager about carrying my favorite band of whiskey. And then I go there a few days later, closed. And they're done. Yeah. And for those of you who, um, who live in Reno or Nevada, and, um, I'm talking about Under the Rose. Oh, yeah. You go there all the time. Yeah. Like, it's done. They didn't just move? No. They are closed. I tell you, well, restaurants and bars and stuff. I mean, they've got a what a fifty percent success rate or less. Yeah, the thing is, like, yeah. it was a surprise to everyone. Yeah, and more importantly, I've been looking, for, trying to find a new home bar. Mm-hmm. Like hipsters have ruined this bar for, have ruined this town <laughs> for like beer. First off, most of the be- bars around here, they're only cocktail bars. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want a cocktail every night. Sometimes I just want to sit there and have a beer. And the places that do serve beer, they all serve light beers or IPAs, and I'm like, those are gross. Yeah, I mean, you know. They're all right every once in a while. Like, I need a crisp, refreshing beer sometimes, but it's um, stout and porter season. <laughs> and, like, there's only, like, um, there's only one bar with an even remote walking distance that actually carries a porter or slashed out. Yeah. And that's Keels. Yeah. And that's, you know, I did find out, though, that they have awesome internet. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but they don't. Um, but um, their hours are terrible. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Like, most of the bars around here that kept porters or stouts, they close around 10. Hmm. And that's the time usually when I'm, like, you know... I'm going to write an email, but I wanted, you know, a beer too. Yeah. And I'm not even joking. Like, you know, obviously I don't send it that night, mm-hmm. but I do write like a lot of my email correspondence <laughs> at the bar, <laughs> especially now that I got this new big phone. Like I can do all sorts of things with all the apps. Hey, it's like a computer, right? Yeah. Nice. And nice. oh my God, I don't know if, I don't know if Apple, I guess Apple must do it, you know, with iOS, but like having, you know, the ability to have multitasking or two windows, mm-hmm. two apps open at the same time and YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I don't know if Apple does YouTube too. Uh, it <clears throat> does. It will do video in a in a pop out now. Uh, yeah. But it only does multitasking on the um, uh, on the iPad versions. Oh really? Yeah. I, unless the, it's possible, the bigger phones do it. I, but oh. I, I have the iPhone 10, so I don't know if the bigger screens do it yet. Oh, all right. Because yeah. you know, for my phone, like you know, I can like multitask and watch YouTube all at the same uh, time. I just gotta move the screen around. Yeah. You know the thing. This is pretty cool. Android's really got that going. Yeah. They, they've been really perfecting that. The only problem is that unlike iOS 12 or whatever version mm-hmm. it is now, my yeah. God, it took like seven updates, right, to finally, <laughs> to finally like finish updating. Like nice. every time, like every time I looked, it was updating, it was downloading a new damn yeah. new update. Yeah. And it took three days. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and the first update, it actually used my, it used half my data this month, which mm-hmm. really pissed me off. Yeah. Oh, which is why, you know, always turn that off. I know. I know. All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to call that. It's yeah. about an hour for the CRM Archaeology podcast. Oh, it is. Uh, give or take. And there's some some stuff on the front and back. So yeah. So let's call this. It's uh, you know 6 p.m. here in, in Reno. It's dark. Richie and I both have a cold walk back to our houses. And yeah. uh, uh, we still got to pack up. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're yeah. on the CRM Arc podcast and listening to this, please go like the Facebook page. If you're on oh. Facebook, arcpodnet.com forward slash Sorry, facebook.com forward slash arcpodnet, and uh, you'll get to see when we go live yeah. and, and anything else we do. Yeah. Um, and that was my last comment in the last minute or two here uh, on Facebook. If you're on the Sierra Mark podcast and you're like, I don't use Facebook anymore or I don't go to Facebook, Yay. I got to tell you, you know, social media is what you make of it. Yeah. Um, I would say 
If you don't have Facebook, go get it. If you had Facebook but you haven't used it, go there. Unfriend literally everyone. In fact, I have a friend on there who I got a friend request from like a week ago. Yeah. And I don't know if she'd been hacked or what because I got a friend request from her. It turns out she just like got so fed up with her friends list, she canceled her old account and made a new one. Ah. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. People hate social media because of the people they have on there. Yeah. You know, curate your list. You don't have to tell all your family and crazy friends that you're on there. Curate your list. Go to the groups you want to see. Yeah. And you'll have an enjoyable time. And on top of that... A lot of the groups that we're in for yeah. archaeology, I think, are really productive. They and I think, they I think you're missing out on stuff if you're not part of those groups. You're missing out on a really important conversation that's happening. Yeah. Not just BS, you know, what I had for breakfast stuff. You know, that's what Instagram is for. Well, but, it depends. Yeah. And Twitter. And Twitter. Twitter's got some really good stuff on there, too, if yeah. you follow the right channels. Yeah. You know, you don't have to follow the right people even. You can follow zero people on Twitter, yeah. but follow hashtag CRMark, hashtag archaeology, hashtag historic, whatever you want. Yeah. You know. Like I started reading what's her name's um archaeo the person who does the archaeological animals podcast. I started following her blog. Oh, so, um, Alex Fitzpatrick. Yeah, because through um because of her Twitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's got a pretty active Twitter account. Always yeah. putting really cool stuff up there too. Yeah, yeah. So which is why that and her interview on the Women in Archaeology podcast, they interviewed her about zoo archaeology, mm. and uh, I of course edited that show. It was one of the last ones they did on the APN. And yeah. I contacted Alex and I said, listen, you sound great. You got a lot of energy. Do you want yeah. to do your own podcast on zoo archaeology? And now she has a show on, on the APN. Neat. Yeah. So check out Archaeoanimals on arcpodnet.com. Oh, I've got an idea that right after the, we finish filming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll say one last thing, too. Um, if you want to advertise on the APN, I redid all our advertising pages. So, oh, you did? Yeah. Arcpodnet.com forward slash ads, ADS. Or you can go to um, the APN just arcpodnet.com and there's a text link there that, that will take you to that page. Oh, really? Yeah, so you can see the shows that we have that are current that you can put advertising on, the audio oh. shows. We don't do advertising on this show because it's live. Yeah. But, um, and it's unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the best we could do is like ask for, um, is ask for like um, people to subscribe on like YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we do that. Yeah, yeah, well, no, no, no. The thing is, um, now it's like Twitch where you can become, like, um, you can give people tips and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure our mics don't die over there, whatever you're oh, doing. Uh-oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. It, they just did. Okay. Oh, wait, no. We're good. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Carl Fegan says, check out Archaeology Review on Facebook for the latest archaeology news. He also runs the um, Fraudulent Archaeology channel, too. Oh, he does? Or Fraudulent Archaeology... Something or other. What is it? Fraudulent really? archaeology wall of shame. <laughs> Wait, what is that? <laughs> well, if anybody out there, if you see somebody, you know, spouting ancient aliens crap or something like that, there's been some recent stuff again about the Bosnian pyramids. People think oh. they were alien created. And Carl had a great response to somebody who didn't understand where magnetism comes from on the planet. <laughs> he just... I, I, alien spaceship at the center of the earth. I'll tell you what, Carl is a saint with his patience and he just, he'll do, put a really well-reasoned scientific explanation for something to these people that are just like off their nut on some of this stuff. But the thing is, sometimes, you know, I think the thing is, is that sometimes it's just not, the real explanation just isn't as much fun. Yeah, well, I understand, and, and I think that's it. Their yeah. lives are super boring, so they want it to be aliens. Yeah. You know, so. Or racism. Right, Because, you right. know, obviously Native Americans couldn't have built anything. I know, I know. And neither and could the Egyptians. Carl says he tries not to alienate the fringe. <laughs> Why not? Which is oh, good. true. Because if you alienate them, they're just going to band together, and then their ideas will feed off each other. You know, oh, you need true. to friend them and educate them. Oh, that's true. You know, you know, and you know. Next thing you know, they band together, and suddenly all the liberals have to go through the forest with rakes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you never want that. You never want that. And on that note, I think we're going to say goodbye to both the CRM Mark Podcast, <laughs> episode one hundred and fifty, and you call this archaeology episode forty nine. If we had better coordination, this would have been episode fifty and episode one hundred and fifty. But we didn't do that because we thought about it literally today. Oh, that's true. Um, uh, I want to thank Richie for co-hosting this sort of emergency episode of yeah. the CRM Archaeology Podcast. And uh, I think, like I said, we're going to call it there. And yeah. we'll be back next time with another episode. And again, like the Facebook page so you can get updates on this. And go over and like Richie's YouTube page yeah. at... Uh, Happy Archaeology Fun Time. Because there'll be like the full audio there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining. And tell everybody where you saw all these things. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. See you. That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.arcpodnet.com 
facebook.com slash podcast. Please comment and share anywhere you see the show. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or just email chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Support the show and the network at arcpodnet.com slash members. Get some swag and extra content while you're there. Send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. Thanks to everyone for joining me this week. Thanks also to the listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you in the field. Goodbye. Oh, see you later. Ha. (laughs) (laughs) This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. And now you're seeing behind the scenes. We're not actually anywhere. We're still live on Facebook. Oh, my God. This is just like PBS. <laughs> just like PBS during the pledge drives. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info.